We're America's favorite indie sleaze podcast. I don't even know what the fuck that means, but I love it. Brunch! Hit it, boys! Taylor Swift is all the rage, everybody. She is uh, hot in the news, and I'm talking about August by Taylor Swift being one of the things that the cool kids are doing, per the uh, New York Times. They're listening to August by Taylor Swift, Pete. I mean... (laughs) Pete, they're Uh, listening to August. I know. I know, I know. Uh... That that New York Times article literally is going to live rent free in my head for a long time, and I do I do really want to get into it. Um, just I, I don't know if anybody saw it who listened, but like the New York Times did a profile on this uh, newsletter that is popular amongst the youths and is supposed to be like a a real a real. Uh, Taste-making taste like, publication that, that really tells everybody what, what like, this generation, what, what the youth of this generation is really into at this point in time. Like, the shit that you don't know about. It is. It just screams. And we, we see these tweets all the time and send them to each other where somebody will, like, clearly just watched Grease for the first time. Yes. And they're like, holy fuck, y'all. You're sleeping on Grease. And I'm like, or... Are you 13 years old? One of the two things. But but that doesn't even apply here, like the 13-year-old thing, because like all the people that they're interviewing are like mid-20s, some people in their 30s. Like these are people that are five years younger than me. And they're talking about how like third eye blind is cool and Taylor Swift is cool. One person said pizza. Pizza is their taste making, like what they're really into right now. It is just the most basic shit of all time, and it's driving me crazy also because, like, the idea of a publication dictating what's cool, like, the, the, the least cool thing of all time is concerning yourself with what's cool. At yeah. least in my mind. You're automatically like, not cool by calling. It's the, it's, I, I do this with work stuff all the time. Like, if we tweet out a video that we find funny and put a crying laughing emoji in it, it's automatically not funny. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it drives me crazy. It's like you if you're so concerned with what's cool, you have to be really good at identifying like shit that people aren't into. And they're identify they're self-proclaimed people that are cool and they're just identifying shit that people have been into forever. Yeah, I'm not, for not I'm decades. not decades. Uh, shout out the pizza person, by the way. Uh, that that person was from Austin. The person who said they were into pizza. It was that person's uh, also thirty seven years old. It was Dave R. and it was lawyer slash podcast guy, Austin, Texas. That's pretty cool. Wait, what? Oh, Dave Rob. Yeah. A <laughs> uh, guy. Incredible. His blurb was: uh, it was bold and in italics said playing your za card. And then he said, I'm into the indie sleaze revival of eating pizza. I smash the card once a week. But the go-to a life hack is to wait till Saturday to play your Za card so then you can go back to back. 
That's per the New York Times. Love it. The, you, the, the moral of the story here is that, like, to be cool, you have to uh, not be obsessed with what's cool, and you have to be self-aware. Those are the two key ingredients of being cool, at least in my mind. And these people have neither one of them, and it is hilarious. Yeah, and I'm not hating on any of the people who participated in this. I'm participating in the. I, I'm hating on that this was done. And that this was compiled yeah. and uh, doused in gallons of how do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> this person, I'm not calling out this person again, but I just think it's so funny that this was put into print. Uh, this person, 37-year-old person who we're going to be there very soon, uh, said, $1 slices. I'm into the Indie Sleaze revival. Unsweetened iced tea from McDonald's. Riding city bikes. Wet cupping and one dollar slices wet cupping, of pizza. It's, a, it's sec- a sexual thing. I don't know how to do. I'm sure. Is it? Whenever I hear anything like that, I'm like, that's a sexual thing. I don't know how to do. Just and the I'm not word wet. You're like, Ugh, no. <laughs> so, just no. Uh, oh, wet cupping is like the um, is the like cupping therapy. Oh it's, yes, uh, it's a different type of it. So, well, maybe when we're thirty-seven, a, that's a cool thing, I guess. Yeah. Maybe when we were 37. Um, One of the best ones in my mind was the... Uh, wait, what did you want to say about that person? Sorry. And what else can be said? Did you finish that thought? I don't know. Uh, m- one of my favorite answers was the guy who said that his uh, the thing that he's super into right now that's cool is raw merch, like the raw yes. rolling papers merch. And he said, the raw hat is my favorite. There are so many smoke shops and almost all of them have raw merch. I suspect there might be more raw branded merchandise in New York than I heart New York shirts. Well, wouldn't that make it not cool? Like if there are more raw things than I heart New York shirts, like that shit is widely available and everybody clearly loves it. Baby, he likes it raw. <laughs> you know, my man likes wet cupping and doing it raw for real. By the way, I, I say I, I use the term and this is going on like. We're like eight years. I say raw dog so many times. And I think I've actually like, like in public and with people and stuff. I don't, I think I've actually used it for what it means. Like among people. Like zero times in my life. But I've, I've, I've probably said raw dog more times than I've said anything else. You do say it a lot. And I do like that you've kind of made it your own. Like you say like raw dog me a beer. You basically use uh, you use raw dog like almost similarly to the way that people from like uh, what is it uh, Pennsylvania Pittsburgh or uh, Philly say John say John where it, yeah where it's just like can mean anything. So in the you case just of say, so do you know raw what, dog that that's like that trip to the grocery store. So do you know what raw dog and a beer would mean in that example? Um, just drinking a beer. Just drinking from the can. Yeah. <laughs> okay. String it from the can. Don't pour it. You just raw dog it. Raw dog in a trip to the grocery store is going without a list? Yes, exactly. Okay, got it. Um, if uh, We've been pretty good about uh, having like quasi-rundowns of late for the show, but uh, life's crazy. The world's crazy. There, uh, There's fake tweets about John Bernthal doing Aaron Hernandez shows. So we're raw dog in this episode. We know what we're going to do. We have the things that we've discussed throughout the week that we want to hit on, but we're kind of raw dogging it. Yeah, absolutely. 
I mean, there's, nice there's a lot of stuff that I want to talk about. And I, by the way, th- th- this was birthed from, uh, I hope I'm not telling tales out of school, uh, Adam Jones. Uh, we ran out of paper plates one time. We were eating pizza. And uh, he was like, I'll just raw dog it. And he just <laughs> ate the pizza out of his hand. And tell you what, it's like anything. When you got some friends, one says something funny. 15 minutes later, it has now taken over everything. Adam Jones, by the way, not the type uh, to see something and then have it take over his life quickly, famously. Yes, definitely not. Never experienced that. He's uh, currently sitting in his studio at work. He's not on for another five hours, but he's just sitting in front of the microphone talking about draft day. (laughs) The lights are out. I'm hoping somebody somewhere will press record. There are his phone is on fire from his wife being like, where is our child? <laughs> I was, I was going to say, sitting in a dark room podcasting to nobody, nobody hitting record just because he doesn't want to spend time with his wife. That was a, that was a, that was a weird one he threw out there. <laughs> By the way, I know those two very well, and they do have like a very loving relationship. Uh, so... Uh, August by Taylor Swift is big, Pete. You, have you been listening to August recently? I have not, but I do know that the uh. cool kids are listening to August because uh, in the article, they said, what are you into? And the guy's like, Taylor Swift. She is a real indie sleaze star. Did you intend I haven't, <laughs> I haven't listened to her new album, but let me tell you. The old one has a song called August, and that is what I am currently into, a two-year-old song. Indie sleaze is the best term. We're America's favorite indie sleaze podcast. I don't even know what the fuck that means, but I love it. I would change um, my Twitter name to something involving indie sleaze, but I've kind of been on... I've been changing my Twitter name a lot recently. You have. You've been getting into that, which I think that doesn't happen much anymore. Like, that used to be a thing more than it's currently a thing. Like, for holidays, people would change their name. Yours is currently karma equals cat with uh, emojis. No. Oh, you changed it again? But by the way, does this make it cool? Does it, like, would my thing be, be like, Dave, 34, I'm into indie sleaze, uh, bespoke (laughs) Twitter names. <laughs> and that's Do what that's what you call that. it. That's what that's what you'd say. You'd be like, I'm into the bespoke Twitter names. <laughs> uh what's yours right now? It's uh so there's oh, an Easter okay. egg. <laughs> All right, yeah. There's an Easter egg in the uh new Taylor Swift music video for her song uh August. She uh she put out a music video for the song Bejeweled. By the way, patreon.com slash listen to brunch got to had some non-patrons hit me up and say Yo, what's with the silence on the Taylor Swift album? We need the breakdown. What are you and Pete thinking on this thing? And I was like, yo, the full thing is up. That that Patreon episode that we did, and the the people who listen to it have given it rave reviews, is outstanding. A, we did Taylor Swift and Carly Rae Jepsen reviews late at night. And B, as you noticed... Uh, because of life craziness and uh, John Bernthal, Aaron Hernandez shows, we've had to record either very late at night or very early in the morning. And the quality of the podcast, in both of our opinions, has skyrocketed. 
Yeah, I think doing it early in the morning, we have the most energy or doing it last thing before we go to bed makes us loopy and gives us like weird energy. So I do I do uh, want to lean more towards like book ending days with episodes. I like that a lot. And there there was uh, on Monday I was thinking about I was like, hey, let's watch the Pats game together. And then after just uh, hit record. But I was like, no, because that's like a planned thing. I like it better when it's like, fuck, the only time we can do this week is 4.15 a.m. Tuesday. All right, cool. I'm getting Starbucks at 4.10 a.m. on a Tuesday. Starbucks famously opened 24-7. Got a long list of Starbucks lovers. (laughs) That's from the song August by Taylor Swift. Uh, But uh, Taylor put out... A music video for the song Bejeweled, which is an important song on the Taylor Swift album because, as you'll hear on the review episode, it uh, saves the album because it follows the song Vigilante Shit. And Vigilante Shit is the worst song that's ever been made by anybody. And you're like, damn, I was liking this album. And then what the fuck did they just do here? This is stupid. And then Bejeweled comes on. It's a nice, stupid, uh, arpeggiator type of synth pop tune in. Dumb lyrics. Mm -hmm. It's a little... uh, it kind of recycles some Taylor Swift stuff that... Uh, dis- I was going to say, it's Taylor Swift doing a derivative song of Taylor Swift. Oh, totally, dude. The, uh, the I can't hear the uh, familiarity breeds contempt, that descending uh, just major scale. Uh, it's the saying, got a long list of excellent... Mm. So like, she's kind of recycling herself, but whatever. Again, I'm not going to Taylor Swift for brilliance. You fucking liars are. Uh, anyway, she put out a video for Bejeweled, and this is such... This is why music videos are fucking important, man. The Bejeweled experience is so much better for this music video having existed. I'm listening to Bejeweled in the car because I'm thinking about that music video. It fucking honks, buddy. Yeah, it does. It's a it's a really good music video. Uh, it's very Baz Luhrmann-esque. Like, Ooh. it has a lot of the great Gatsby to it. Um, and it's, like, over the top, but I think that that's what it's going for and uh pretty star-studded laura dern makes an appearance yeah we love it uh really flexing uh her famous friends in that music video we also got the heim sisters it's a really good music video i did like that song to begin with anyway like i thought that that song was steadily growing on me a bit um and then i just watched the music video yeah it's fun yeah and all there's also like there's also like good points of emphasis when it comes to um, like certain lyrics where it kind of translates in the music video. And I thought that that was kind of cool. Yeah. And I, I, I quickly gave a little critique of the song. I do want to say like the, uh, the post chorus of that song is great. When it does that polish up real, it uh, staying on nice is a nice little surprise. And then that mm-hmm. like, it's almost video game ask Pete, you might be able to weigh on this better than me, but like that uh, like sampled and pitched up like, nice i guess it's not sampled it's like kind of sampling yourself but you know what i'm saying it's like this kind of like yell of like nice it sounds like something that would happen if you like you hit the right block in a mario game <laughs> yeah so it's just like a, it's just like a quip yeah it's yeah. it's a cool like little drop yeah i mean this song is uh, famously the taylor swift song karma samples uh ow! Ow, ow, ow. yeah it whoa well. <laughs> karma is a cat ow! Whoa! <laughs> um, that song is, of course, outra- Taylor Swift is is voicing the new Mario. By the way, yes, it's outrageously Jack Antonoff. Which, like, 
what I I've just come to I know what Jack Antonoff is. We've known what Jack Antonoff is forever. I find myself now borderline defending Jack Antonoff because idiots are realizing now, like, wait a second. Jack Antonoff stuff always sounds the same. This is like any of us could make a song that sounds like Jack Antonoff. And now people are being mean to him. And I'm like, I- I've probably been mean to Jack Antonoff, but I've more been kind of trying to correct probably. the record. But now people like people are shitting on Jack Antonoff. And I'm like, yo, well, it's not his fucking fault. That you, it's like Mac Jones. It's not Mac Jones's fault. You all pretended he was doing something yeah. genius. Well, I think that that's like something that that you take a lot of pride in is protecting the take, not like the person. And it's you did it with Mac Jones. You've done it with Jack Antonoff. It's like you're protecting the take that, like you had the take that Jack Antonoff stuff is very redundant, very repetitive, very formulaic, and people didn't seem to agree, and that made you like angry and now people are coming around on that take but you're protecting like your stake in it being like whoa hey i like this has been true for years and you idiots fucking ate it up you don't get to you don't get to suddenly take a 180 and be like ah fuck this guy what uh what things yield the most uh pete blackburn twitter tags you know what i'm saying like what which which things will yield people responding to it? Paddington, with your name, uh, Paddington, um, Carly Rae Jepsen. Um, for a while, it was Ellie Goulding. <laughs> <laughs> um, What's she gonna do now? <laughs> she's she's really let her foot off the gas what on is that. She rivalry, doing I'll now? say that you I don't know. know. That's a good question. She's not even in Taylor Swift music videos anymore. Um. No, I don't. Yeah, like the, the, those are probably the big three. Okay, Paddington mostly, I think. So mine, Jack Antonoff is high on the list of mine. And if like there's mm-hmm. any like joke about, or if there's any viral tweet about Jack Antonoff, like I, I got crushed on Friday with people who posted the kid that was just going through the Taylor Swift songs, being like, "I can detect whether or not Jack Antonoff worked on this," which is yeah, like a fun I, thing, but like, yeah, I thought that was that was funny, and also I was I was angry that you didn't do it first. Right, well, it was like anybody can do that. I, 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 also, right, I, I hope I people was, understand that anybody can do that. Yeah, I also thought it was like a little bit disingenuous and a little bit unfair because, like, that person is clearly a music person because they, they were able to identify. Album. Right. If you if you're a music person, you know that much about music. You know that much about Jack Antonoff. You know, you probably know already that Jack Antonoff is going to be heavily involved, like almost exclusively involved in a Taylor Swift album. So. A little bit of cheating there. Yeah. A little bit disingenuous. But uh, back to the Bejeweled music video. Uh, Jack Antonoff famously plays the Prince, so good for him. I mean, I'm ha- like, this guy, what a cool life. Yeah, he gets to do cool shit and, like, doesn't seemingly have to work very hard. Yeah, I mean, he's I mean, he's booked and busy. Yeah, he, I'm, no, I, I, that seems unfair. Like, I'm sure he works hard. It doesn't take I'm much, sure. like, brain power. Right, is like he is, fi- he is, uh, he's like really found his where he thrives, oh. and he kind of can show up, just be himself, do his thing, and he's very successful because of it. Yeah, and kind I, cool I th- for him. this is going to sound insulting, but like, I can't think of many people who have gotten more out of their skill set than Jack Antonoff. Like, he's not, he's not a virtuoso. He's not a brilliant musician. He's not a great producer but he's been able to 
do a lot of good things and get to do like a ton of cool shit. So and be considered like a fucking like his his innovator or like if for better or for worse, like he is very influential on the music. Not industry. by anybody smart, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, boy, got to shout out my pal uh, Gab Ginsburg, the uh, editor of Consequence, who I was gonna say or I said to her, I was like, "Yo, we know how to make phone calls. Come on, brunch." Uh, but she can't today, which is probably for the best. Uh, but she's the editor of Consequence, and they have a running uh, ranking of every Jack Antonoff produced song. And they update it every time more stuff comes out. And every time I'm like, yo, respect. I would not want to fucking job. do that. <laughs> like I, th- th- That would be not a lot of fun. Yeah, very daunting, very difficult. Uh I think that if you did it, all the songs would be just tied for first. And? And (laughs) And last. last. Yeah. No, there are. I've discussed this. uh, Did I? Oh, yeah. I said this last week on the Nora thing. At some point, if I have free time and, like, don't have a job or something, who knows? uh, I like the idea of doing, like, the best of good people and the worst of... The best of bad people and the worst of good people. And I... What? Good musicians or like bad musicians, not necessarily good people, bad people. Oh, no. We're doing like the best of Michael Jackson. <laughs> okay. It's like this is entirely about character. Sure. No, yeah, I mean. Aaron Hernandez <laughs> made that cool catch in the Super Bowl. Um, no, uh, but, but like in, in the case of Jack Antonoff, there's so many, especially if you get into like bands that he was in. There's so many great fun songs, and uh, this is why we can't have nice things, despite not being top 150 on that consequence list, which is crazy to me. This is why we can't have nice things. I think rocks. He's done He's done a lot of cool shit. He's uh, just overrated, but again, who really cares about the over-underrated thing? Hey, I went out on a boat last week. It was the final sail of the summer. Some friends of the podcast, some nice conversation. Great way to really nestle into the part of the year we are right now, which is really firmly entrenched in fall, but still I spent it kind of the same way I did the summer. And that's with a Vizzy seltzer in my hand and a smile on my face. You've heard me say this before, but Vizzy has flavors for every vibe, whether it's a football game, any sort of cuffing activity, or anything in between. Level up those vibes with a case of bold, delicious Vizzy hard seltzer. I'm not telling any stories out of school, I hope, but one of my friends said, hey, can I try one of these seltzers? And they had such a hard time choosing between pineapple orange and peach orange. They got the mimosa flavors. Personally, I was going with the blackberry lemon from the variety pack. I said you can't go wrong and you really can't. If you're new to the Vizzy experience, I'd recommend variety pack two, which gives you the blackberry lemon as well as the watermelon strawberry, raspberry tangerine, and papaya passion fruit. It's Vizzy Hard Seltzer, flavors for every vibe. Stock up on Vizzy Hard Seltzer and show some love for the show. Here's how to get yours. Go to VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash washed to find Vizzy near you. That's VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash washed. And to hear about the latest flavor drops and more, sign up at VizzyHardSeltzer.com slash subscribe. Must be 21. Celebrate responsibly. Molson Coors Beverage Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Anywhom, you mentioned that a uh, famous uh, actor is in the Bejeweled video, and so are her two sisters. Also, 
Laura Dern in the music video. So mm-hmm. pretty. They, they they do if you haven't seen it in the beginning. They open up with like a uh, a Cinderella thing, where the Heim sisters come in, and it's all very like old timey speak. Except for Alana, who kicks it off with, I'm sorry, my dudes, but, like, the prince is going to want me, which is the fucking best. Uh, and then Esty tells Taylor Swift, who's Cinderella, uh, she says, uh, cl- like, keep cleaning my sick from last night, which is yeah. awesome, because Esty's just like, yo, I booted last night. <laughs> On the floor. They sing, uh, the, be- the best part of the music video, though, and I, like, gasped. My heart sank. I texted anybody who might understand it. The uh, when they leave for the party, they sing, "I'm gonna be hungover. I'm gonna drink a bunch of different drinks, and I'm gonna be hungover." So that's fantastic. But in the music video, they say they're going to a ball, and whoever the prince chooses gets a ring and a castle. That's like a pretty sweet deal. Would pay the cover for that deal. ball. Uh, but it uh, does a freeze frame, and then it says, uh, what does it say? Like, uh, Princess Danielle, or Lady Danielle wants the ring. Uh, wait, what is it? Wants the... Fuck. Anyway, who cares? Uh, SD wants uh, the something. No, Danielle wants the ring. SD wants the title. Danielle, uh, yeah. or uh, um, Alana wants the, the D. It says Alana wants the D. D star star star. Ring yeah. and title are written correctly. No, lowercase. D star 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 is uppercase. So a lot of people think that's an Easter egg where uh, she it says either Dave or Deej, which is um, I'm not like the hugest Taylor Swift Easter egg guy, but I think Taylor Swift plays pays pretty close attention. To what she's doing. I don't think that she's just making that mistake. True. Good point. I mean, what do you... Yay, nay? But, uh, uh, yeah, but I I mean, I'd hate to rain on your fucking parade, but uh, it says House Wench Taylor wants the castle. Right. The castle is, uh, is uppercase. I know. That's the only thing that gets in the way. But... Yeah. But mo- maybe it's, maybe it's like, maybe it's a, um, a specific specifically named castle like it's a proper noun like the castle is just called castle let me see if there's a uh company called castle yes okay there you go castle fight more fraud faster the quickest way to deal with fraud rings account takeovers and suspicious transactions taylor swift leads a very public life you don't want all of her stuff getting out some stuff must be sacred Castle Intelligence Incorporated. Ah, although this doesn't help. Castle's logo is lowercase c a s t l e. Oh no! This is very tough. Is there not a another castle company? Let's see. Mm, oh, like there's castle. a there's a Castle is an American crime mystery comedy drama series that aired on ABC for a total of eight seasons. So she wants to watch Castle. Okay, all right. Who's in eight seasons? I've never heard of anything with this. It's got to be a a network, right? Like, network shows are on for so long, it's insane. What the hell? Any CBS CBS program that that you see advertised during NFL Sunday has been on for, like, 14 years. I'm going to be hungover. Um, 
Hey, listen, this had kind of, this album, Midnight's, had kind of already fallen out of my rotation, to be honest. I I like it, and I, it's my favorite Taylor Swift album in a while, but with the exception of kind of cherry picking a few songs here and there, I'm not really, I'm already not really listening to it. I'm still, I'm listening to the Carly Rae Jepsen album, I'm listening to Planes, and I'm listening to the 1975. That is, unfortunately for the sake of content, exactly my experience. <laughs> like I am watching or I'm listening to like two songs off the Taylor Swift album, two or three songs. And then immediately going over to be like, Oh, well I could listen to like half of the Carly Ray album and I'll just do that instead. How do you feel about the 3 AM bonus release things? Um, I think that they're good. Like, I think for the most part, they're pretty good. I, I like um the great war. Um, but my favorite, my favorite additional track is actually the Target one, mm. the Target exclusive one that only comes on like the, I think the physical copy that you buy inside Target, and I believe it's called um, "Hits Different," okay. and that song, very basic but very very catchy, and I really like it. Um, and then the uh, the could have should have would have song is definitely about John Mayer. So. so. I think she's digging up that grave again. Maybe it's the timing of it. my boy alone. But like if you put out an album and then five hours later or three hours later famously are like, okay, here's six more songs. I just don't have the energy for it. And I've I've given all those songs one listen and I'm just not treating them as part of the album, which is very, I don't know, crotchety of me. But like, no, don't. Everything doesn't have to be the fucking like element of surprise. Oh, then now there's more like. Wait two weeks and then put these out, please. And then I'll be able to actually consume them normally. I'm just overwhelmed. I, I didn't mind it because I thought that, like, the the concept of, well, like, we're going to release at midnight in different places is kind of cool. Like, I, I, I kind of thought that that was interesting. It does speak to what a uh, content-obsessed world it is that... that the other songs that are recorded for albums now are almost always released and dressed up in some sort of different way. Whereas in the past, you might end up getting them on a box set because when you go to make an album, you don't record 12 songs. You record 20. Sometimes you record a lot more and you figure out, okay, like what's going on the album? How do we sequence this? Famously silver Springs got pushed off of rumors because they didn't think that it fit the vibe and they thought it'd be, better to have uh, an upbeat song called I Don't Want to Know on there so they did that instead and then years later you end up hearing them play it at uh, 1997 I want to say and everyone's like what the fuck is this brilliant song and then it comes out and it has this wonderful new life that's really cool again you'll find those things sometimes on box sets but otherwise it would just be kind of hit or you could just be a carly ray jepsen fan and wait like a year and so that's what i'm saying so like carly ray jepsen is the first person i can think of like pop star wise who's like these are all coming out Mm -hmm. even if they don't make the album they're all coming out and they're going to be pushed as essentially another album and calling it b-sides is a clever little way much like her fan base just they're all coming out Yes, that's right. Uh, that's really not true. Every time I talk to people about Carly Rae Jepsen yeah, concerts, guys too. they're like, wait, so you mean just like gay guys? I'm like, of course there's gay people there. But of course there is a ton of straight people there. It's wild. Yes. Like, pe- people who don't know Carly Rae Jepsen really don't know Carly Rae Jepsen. They literally only know that only she had Call, Call Me Maybe, Maybe and then they yeah. think that she was murdered. Dead. 
Yeah, right. It's crazy. But like, no one either, even cared about the murder. Know everything about her, or you know nothing about her. Yeah, but man, I still keep listening to "Loneliest Time." But that song fucking stinks because of uh, Rufus Wainwright. He sounds so bad on it. Yeah, it's. I think I don't know if we said this on the Patreon episode, but like, there's a good song in there. It's just not being performed. There's right. There is just no chemistry I think there. I think it's a bad performance uh, from both sides of a pretty good song. Yeah, I mean, it's like a fun kind of straightforward disco song. What's not to like there? But uh, this album, as we discussed, a lot more unabashed auto tune from Carly Rae Jepsen than uh, usual. Like the purposeful. Which, who you, cares? You can hear the like kind of teep. No, but I'm saying like not quite to the level of T Pain. But she's doing like that. You can hear that it's that they're intentionally using auto tune for the yeah. effect, and that doesn't work on all the songs. But it's still no. I, it's still. I a mean, good album. I still stand by my original takeaway after the first listen, which is like it's a pretty mediocre album in the first half, and then in the second half, like. There's a four or five wrong uh, song run, starting with uh, Ben's, which immediately comes after Beach House. Yeah, uh, like there's a five Talk or six about album songs, singers. like a five song run that like is fucking awesome. Uh, Ben's Western Wind, so nice. Bad thing twice. I don't love Shooting Star, but then you have Go Find Yourself or whatever, mm-hmm. and like that is an incredible run. I love Joshua Tree. I don't. It's that is like pure frosting out of the can, just raw dog and frosting. Carly Ray Jepsen, dumb shit. I want it. <laughs> da, 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 da. <laughs> it's so good. Surrender my heart. Talking to yourself and far away are all pretty good. Like and like pretty good in a way that like not gonna crack Carly Ray Jepsen's. Like the 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 side A of Carly Rae Jepsen's uh, best hits, hmm. but like they're they're enjoyable, but like really on the back half, everything is good. All right, we got to talk about Barbarian. It's a 2022 yeah, American horror film directed by uh, Zach Kreger in his solo directorial debut. Uh, this is a movie that somehow we didn't see until now. It was in theaters, and there was a real buzz about it, and. I'm Armenian, so there's so many things that should have drawn me to this movie, but just like never... what? Because it's called the Barbarian? Yeah, that's an Armenian word. Is it? It ends in I-A-N. Yeah, I know. I, I, I picked that up as the joke, but I didn't know if that was like an actual Armenian word. What if there was... What if they get down there and it's just like a super Armenian guy and he's like, <laughs> hey. They're like, hi. He's like, I'm Hovanes. They're like, oh. <laughs> hi, Hovanes. Uh... What are you doing down here? It's just very pleasant. Want some lemon? What is that? It's like an it's like a Armenian type of pizza thing. Really? Yeah, there's like lamb on it and stuff. You're gonna like it. Come here, come here. You said your name is Hovanes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, we should mention for anybody that hasn't seen this movie, that would definitely be in play in this movie because <laughs> this movie is fucking unhinged. Oh, it's so unhinged, but man, I'll say like if we're letterboxing this out of the gate. I did. I did what did you give it? Uh, four and a half. I give it four and a half, man. This movie four fucking rules. Fucking rules, dude. It's a great, great horror movie. 
And it is it is legitimately fucking terrifying. It's a like, scary fucking movie. I I uh I have zero notes on this movie because I was too fucking scared to do anything other than uh be a big fucking baby while watching this movie. You even texted me during it and was and I I didn't know what to say back cuz you were like I am really fucking scared watching this. And I was like how far are in are you? And you said that you were I actually cuz I was like keeping time of the markers because this movie is fucking impeccably paced. It's incredible. Yeah, it like everything takes the amount of time it should. So like you get 42 minutes of the the big first act. And then Yeah, they, get, I was going to say there are like basically two movies in this. Like the two two acts for sure. And then like roughly an hour of the second act which is crazy in its own right, but there's also like there's so much darkness juxtaposed with like cutting straight to outside light California and everything that it really kind of keeps you on edge. You're like, wait, this seems too nice right now. What the fuck is going to hit me next? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Like that, that is a really great way to put it is like, there is a lot of juxtaposition and there's like a lot of unsettling, um, tonal shifts, both in, um, both aesthetically, like just day to night. Uh, and also just like, really scary versus pleasant looking. And then also just like there's humor worked in here. This movie is very funny yeah, uh, and very funny, but like also very fucking scary at the exact same time. It's crazy. It's so unsettling. It's very, it's a very, very unique experience watching this movie. Yeah. So I I guess I'm going to try to keep it vague now because I hope that people go and watch this movie if they uh, haven't, but I was going to tell you when you said that you were through the first act, I was going to say if it makes you feel better, it probably doesn't get any scarier than you've seen, right. but you're still in for another hour of being this scared. So it's like <laughs> it's like a Stein hoisting contest. The glass doesn't get any heavier, but the longer the you're holding it. The experience becomes more overwhelming. Exa- that's exactly it, man. And yeah. great performances. Justin Long is fucking awesome in this movie. Uh, Bill Skarsgård, great. Georgina Campbell, uh, casting wise, and so again, I want to kind of keep and, it vague. Yeah, but yeah, I want to keep it super vague because I my experience with this movie was I knew nothing about it. I knew nothing about it other than like it's it has it was maybe a horror movie. That's literally all I knew. Never saw a trailer. Never knew who was in it. So like when Bill Skarsgård showed up, I was like, oh, okay, oh wow, legit. Yeah. I didn't know anybody in the movie. So oh. that so, made the experience fucking crazy. And if if I, I know that you've already kind of revealed who's been in it a bit, but like if you can go into this movie as blind as you can, I would highly recommend it. I think it makes the experience a little bit crazier. Definitely. And I'd seen the trailer, which was essentially the first scene of the movie. And... Uh, this isn't spoiling, but and I am on board with like kind of knowing as little as possible. But the the trailer essentially sets up that just like somebody's staying at an Airbnb and something's up, and you're like okay. And then I kind of forgot about it. And then when I went in, I didn't want to remember any more of it. And man, you're so the less you know, by far, uh, the better. I'll there's casting of one per. Do you know the actor uh, Richard Brake? No. He plays so that there's some deeply. This is a very upsetting movie, uh, as well. If you're a uh, NPC empath like myself, you're gonna be 
you're going to be really, really upset and uh, kind of tortured during this movie. But uh, Richard Brake plays somebody involving that, and perfect casting because yeah, it was very unsettling. That man, this is a very, very, very good movie. I it is, and it's not. It's, is it? It's not too gory. Oh, actually, no, it is. Uh, it be- it becomes it gets very there, gory yeah. at at certain points. Yeah, incredible poster too. You know the poster. Uh, I I, it kind of looks like the Stranger Things poster. Like they use like the same font. It's got like it's very dark, but also has like some red. It's it's all red, and then it just kind of like fades into, uh, the the main character. Uh, why can't I think of her name? Uh, Tess at the top of the stairs. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like it's very old school, like old school horror. Uh, in terms of what how it looks. Its budget was four and a half million dollars. That's crazy. That's it's, really crazy. And it made four hundred it made uh, forty two point two million dollars at the back box office. So way to go, homophobes. <laughs> that's still a pretty good return for a horror movie, I it think. It is. No, that's what I'm saying. Like all all you homophobes went out and saw that. Yeah, that's right. Uh uh let me see who is not a blumhouse right no this is a 20th century studios so it's a pretty big studio. it could have been Blumhouse. if it were blumhouse it would be like the best blumhouse movie i've ever seen yeah this this uh could have been has, a24 it has a20 i was just gonna say it has a24 feel to it man so. i mean is it messed up that i've gone back and watched a couple of scenes uh no like I, a- I had uh, it's got a few of those scenes in the movie like while live watching i had to rewind and rewatch because i was like wow what the fuck just happened yeah there's a there's a scene involving a very good song and somebody is singing along to uh a song while while driving and that scene is great yay nay I mean, yeah, I, I, I just don't know what more yeah. to say. I want to be like, it's also very. I mean, like, it is this. as as gripping and as riveting a scene you can have from like a person just right. driving on a highway, talking on the the uh, the speakerphone on in their car. And within the context of the movie, that scene is. You're like, what? What? What are we doing here? Yes, <laughs> like, yes, yeah. man. Can't recommend it strongly enough. I suppose we could by giving it five stars on Letterboxd, but uh, you got to leave some for the imagination. Yeah, you got to you got to leave some uh, some room for the uh, the Holy Ghost. So this is, by the way, this movie was considered a sleeper hit hyperlinked on Wikipedia at the box office. I would office. say I would say it's definitely been described somewhere as like a cult classic already. Yeah, man, I'm probably going to go back and watch it again. Maybe probably fast forward through some things but great great performances really like bill skarsgård's character too yeah i i so that 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 part of the the movie too i thought was really interesting just like the dynamic there because like obviously if you know i read the um the only thing that i knew about it coming in was reading the description of the movie um like on hbo max and so i knew that like something was up with like his relationship with tess and like you're you're looking, you're searching for shit. Yeah. And it is a really interesting experience of like searching for shit. And like especially 
when we talk about um, Spike's rule, where if somebody looks like they're the, like the bad guy, yeah, then Bill they're Skarsgård's probably the movie, bad. He did it. <laughs> yeah, they're probably the bad guy. So like, you're like, okay, Bill Skarsgård, he's being weirdly fucking nice. He looks like Bill Skarsgård. That's it. <laughs> Something's here. <laughs> it's like, we do we really need two hours to go through this movie? I mean, he's right there. I just got to say, man, I wanted to, and he came off as, not to like psychoanalyze these characters too much, but he, he really did a lot of the right things with uh, how he Correct. handled a very very uncomfortable and strange situation where it's okay. This isn't going to spoil anything, but like uh, two people, uh, an Airbnb is double booked and both people end up there and it's shitty out. And they're like, okay, well we have to at least for a little while coexist here. And as a human being, even though he probably talked too much and like over explained that he was not being a dangerous person. I'm like, it almost makes it more creepy when, like, a guy is yes. like, "I'm not like everybody else." Like, I or I like, I know that, like, you have these concerns. I'm going to like compensate by being so fucking nice that it's almost concerning. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you would navigate that because really, he's trying to make this person as comfortable as possible. But I mean, it's better than the fucking alt. In my mind, I think it's right. better than the alternative because, like, he was he's giving doing the right thing great, great thought. Yeah, and I really liked that uh, that dynamic. And this was a very smart movie. It's a very smart 100%. movie. Like you can tell that this movie was made with care and made by people who like have working brains. And uh, that often isn't the case when it comes to horror movies, in my mind. Yeah, uh, I need to figure out. There's somebody in this that's listed as being in the credits of this movie, and. I did not see this person. This is a famous person too. And I'm like wondering, oh, okay, I know. Never mind. So who, there, who Kate it? Bosworth is in this movie. Yeah, I was looking at that too. Yeah. And I was like, is who that who you were thinking? Yeah, okay, good. So I'm not crazy. It's somebody with a uh, small but important role. Okay. Man. Uh, okay. See yeah. the movie though. See the movie. Yeah, absolutely see this movie. And uh, watch. Watch the Bejeweled music video. See what uh, Easter eggs. Oh, what up? I just got a retweet from uh, Jess Williamson of Plains fame. Oh, shit. Yeah. People, by the way, people have just been tweeting at me being like, I'm listening to this Plains album. It fucking rocks. That's the only thing I want out of Twitter, man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just people enjoying the same shit that that you enjoy. That's all I want. Which I saying that like, hey, you put me onto this thing. I love it. That's all I want. People use twitter for that anyway but they do it in a much meaner way they're like i just want to find people that think the same thing as me cool let's fucking get them (laughs) oh okay well they can they can like candy corn if they want no they can't we're gonna get them all right well uh are you going to the planes concert by the way peter uh that is november november uh 13th Okay. Yeah. November thirteenth at Royale. Friend of the podcast, uh, Jim might go. Oh fuck yeah! Because he's into it, and he said, "I got to get this album physically." And I said, "I know a place where they'll sell it." <laughs> it's called a merch yeah, table. I'm a hundred percent down to go to planes. Nice. Okay. Uh, 
Do we have more time? Or do you, I know you got to run at some point. I do have to run. Okay. All right. Well, we'll talk Halloween costumes uh, next week because famously Halloween will still be coming up. Love you. Bye. Bye.